Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Pault, and today we've got friend of the show, Alex Lido. He's the uh, CEO of uh, Efficient Power Conversion Corporation. They're an EGAN solutions developer, and uh, we're going to talk about the state of the uh, GAN marketplace. Isn't that right, Alex? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much, Alex, and uh, you bet that's what we are going to talk about. Well, there's so much going on in the wide band gap space, and let's right up front point out that silicon carbide is not gallium nitride, and we're going to be talking about gallium nitride here, which is a piezoelectric stress effect for their electron mobility and not just a simple hard materials aspect. There's a lot of science in GAN. Isn't that right, Alex? Yeah, it's actually uh, it's uh, quantum mechanics. Even you know, we we squeeze the electrons so tightly that they become one electron gas, and uh, that two-dimensional electron gas is what makes gallium nitride transistors so much more efficient than both uh, silicon and silicon carbide. Exactly, but then also that brings in the, there are a lot of issues in the packaging side, and we'll talk about that downstream. But there are, it's not just simply let's take this piece of new stuff and shove it into the same old packages and stick it into the same old applications, and it's just going to be a little better. Well, that's true, and and we learned that pretty early on. You know, gallium nitride is blazing fast uh, compared to silicon power MOSFETs, and that enables a bunch of new applications. But because of the blazing fast speed. All the parasitic elements in a uh, circuit board and in a circuit design become that much more important. In particular, some of the inductances, the stray inductances, two of the uh, the most important ones are the, the common source inductance and the power loop inductances. Why do I say that? Well, because in a conventional MOSFET package, it has inductance inside the package that already would make it unacceptable to uh, to a GAN transistor. For example, in a traditional SO8 package, 80% of the power would be lost in just the inductances in the package in a 1 megahertz power converter. Uh, so with GAN, we actually threw away the package and said, let's mount these devices. Let's, first of all, let's make them impervious to the elements by, in essence, packaging them in wafer form, and then make them in chip scale uh, so that you flip them over, you put them on your PC board, you can heat sync them if you want, and it's the no package package. Right. Well, because it, 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 as you were saying, I didn't even realize that the losses were that great. But, I mean, those are obscene losses. You really have to get out of the, no pun intended, out of the box on packaging. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, is, it is the requirement. You know, when I was uh, uh, making MOSFETs uh, for many years, I would go to customers and always complain about five things about a package. Uh, you know, it, it had too much... Uh, it took up too much space. Uh, it was uh, thermally inefficient. It had too much resistance. It had too much inductance, and it cost too much. And with our EGAN FETs, we eliminated all five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, you've got that solution there. Now we're also talking about an educational issue here because, it, again, it's not just simply swap this out and you're going to do better. You should actually be redesigning your circuit to take advantage of these devices, aren't you? Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we can't underestimate uh, the, um, the, the new education that's needed for a device that has this much more capability. Maybe it's a little bit like going from driving a, uh, you know, a Ford Taurus into driving a Formula One race car. You need some training to get there, uh, but they are both cars. 
And in the case of a GAN device, we've uh, spent a lot of time. There are over 60 universities around the world with graduate programs designing with GAN transistors. Uh, and so that they are helping to educate. Uh, we've also published a book, GAN Transistors for Efficient Power Conversion, and a whole slew of articles on exactly how to uh, you know, mechanically assemble these very small devices, as well as how to lay out your circuit such that you don't um, uh, aggravate the speed with parasitic conductances in your circuit. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges your uh, customers are encountering? Because obviously, even among the uh, converted, they're going to be uh, hurdles because you can have the device in your hands and have a rough idea of what you'd like to do with it, and then it's still a learning curve in getting it dialed in, right? Yes, there's there is a learning curve. Uh, the the primary issue is how to how to learn to handle and take advantage of the speed. Uh, in uh, and to help, we've had partners such as Texas Instruments, who've built a family of integrated circuit drivers that drive our EGAN FETs very efficiently. And because of the layout of the, of the driver itself, the, um, it minimizes any inductance uh, in coupling that to our GAN transistors. So you really can achieve very, very high efficiency by just using off-the-shelf integrated circuits with our off-the-shelf GAN transistors. And that's, that's a big factor. Well, I can, I can imagine, Alex, because, I mean, yes, you're implementing a new technology, but it's better to be able to integrate a lot or as much of your existing technology that is not going to hold back the performance of the new devices, but why reinvent the wheel if you don't have to? Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and we've proliferated uh, the technology through lots of infrastructure. We have device models, uh, national instruments has included it in, in their uh, multi-SIM capabilities. So, you know, the technology is, is, uh, is being used widely in actual applications. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and interestingly enough, uh, a couple of days ago, I interviewed a professor from the uh, UK's NPL uh, because they're actually going to, they're actually in the process of a whole new program for uh, using this, not this exact piezoelectric stress, but a related piezoelectric stress effect on faster computing in general. They're looking at getting up to 10 times an advance in speed. So it's really interesting how these new materials are really spurring the industry. It's true. Uh, I think that wideband gap semiconductors are finally in a position to take over large swatches of the silicon market, with power being the first one. And I think gallium nitride, uh, the way, uh, you know, enhancement mode gallium nitride uh, can be very economical and will really take over the 600-volt and under marketplace over the next five years. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say, for example, I'm a designer of consumer products. I've got RF systems involved. Uh, I'm really trying to shrink my package. I'm really trying to get my battery life up. What are some of the like rules of thumb? If I'm exploring a GAN solution, what are the questions that I need to ask your FAE to make sure I get the solution that I'm looking for? Well, I think that the, the first thing is, uh, you know, what can you do with extra speed? Uh, so, for example, in, um, uh, in devices that use 4G LTE technology, and there are a lot of them around, there are, you know, uh, tablet computers and there are base stations and satellites and all that, um, mm-hmm. gallium nitride is being extensively designed into something called envelope tracking, uh, which allows the RF transmitter to operate at 
double the power output for the same transmitter or half the energy for the same amount of uh, data transmission, either way you mm-hmm. want to look at it. Um, and, and that's an example. But another one, which is just about to explode, because you're going to see hundreds of products introduced in the next year, is this wireless power transmission, particularly loosely coupled, where you can have something, in, you can hold a, a, a cell phone in your hand, and by having a small coil in your desk, uh, you, it'll be charging while you're, while you're holding it or while it's in your pocket. Uh, and uh, you can power just about any amount of energy through this new uh, methodology of wireless power transfer, which came out of M- uh, MIT about seven, eight years ago. Uh, well, so there I would be some battery who argue that they're transfer. rediscovering a lot of what Tesla had been working on. But the other side of that, um, well, I mean, obviously they're, 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 they're doing pure research, but I'm just making more of a joke about Tesla. But then the other side of that, though, um, Alex, is it almost then demands that they have GAN or some other advanced technology because you really are talking about system efficiencies when you're talking about beamed power because the efficiencies can go astray quite rapidly, quite badly if the design is not exact. In in the case of wireless power transmission, the largest consortium, the Alliance for Wireless Power, uh, has standardized on 6.78 megahertz as the transmission frequency. It's the lower ISM band. It's an unregulated uh, band of, uh, of frequency spectrum. And in order to be at that frequency efficiently, it's it's too high for silicon power MOSFETs. It's perfect for GAN. Mm-hmm. So, um, Alex, then I'm going to ask you to put on a prognosticator's hat a little bit and tell me what you think is ju- – I mean, obviously there are some big blue sky things well over the horizon, but what are some of the, 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 the short yardage we're going to see, say, over the next year or two coming out of the GAN space? Um, well, the, 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 the markets are growing very rapidly right now. Uh, I think that uh, we've seen an inflection point, and the design ends are pretty exponential. But the big areas are, uh, I'd say, three big areas in the short term that the consumer will notice. Uh, one is this envelope tracking, which is a little bit behind the scenes, but it will start proliferating uh, 4G LTE uh, infrastructure pretty quickly over the next few years. Um, mm-hmm. The second one is this wireless power, which we'll start seeing in 2014, um, uh, wireless power systems for charging your phones, uh, and tablet computers, and then it will expand from there into just about everything in your household, as well as electric vehicles. Uh, and then a third system is something called LIDAR, which stands for light distancing and ranging. And mm-hmm. you've seen those Google cars going around. They have a little uh, thing on the top that's rotating. And it's a LIDAR system that's flashing lasers in order to create a very rapid three-dimensional map of everything around the car. Right. Uh, if you can make that map fast enough and accurate enough, you can drive the car from it. In fact, that's how the Google autonomous vehicles work. But more importantly is that uh, several large computer and consumer product companies have recognized that LiDAR is a better way to uh, understand what the user is doing. So motion detection, such as you might see in gaming stations. Right, uh, like interface applications interface application, much like Minority Report. People remember that movie with Tom Cruise. And um, using a flashing laser um, is an extremely efficient way to very quickly decide what 
you know, an arm is doing or fingers are doing or whatever. And we're seeing a rapid design into uh, systems that will go on every computer uh, as a new interface. Uh, and uh, that requires very high speed and very high current because you have to flash that laser very quickly with a narrow pulse. And the only way to get that narrow of a pulse is with gallium nitride. Uh, excellent. So those are three and, and, and examples. There are hundreds of examples. Right. Well, and, and interestingly enough, that's another. That's the reason why they're looking into uh, qualifying phase electricity for faster computing speeds is because you need that type of exotic material behavior to get the frequencies that you need to achieve what you're trying to accomplish. It's all about speed. And the faster you can do power conversion, the smaller and more efficient it can be. Uh, so it's just a matter of the adoption curve. And the adoption curve is also very heavily influenced by cost. Uh, and our costs have dramatically dropped in the last several months. And uh, we've widely said that we believe that the cost of our GAN transistors will go under the cost of a MOSFET uh, by about 2016. And I think we're either on that uh, schedule or we're a little ahead of it right now. Well, and that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, the moment the points cross on the graph, you're going to see adoption I mean, you talk about a tipping point. It'll definitely accelerate adoption. Will be an understatement. Exactly, because then uh, then the the question will be, you know, not not why should I use GAN, but uh, you know, w what can I do to use GAN? <laughs> and, right. What's uh, the best? People, where, where do I use GAN? Not why. Know, where, where? How? How do I get rid of these older products because they're more expensive? Exactly. Uh, and no, so I agree with you. We're not far away. So people designing today are looking at that date uh, very carefully and saying, we don't have a lot of time. Because that's also very true because depending on development cycles, uh, as we go forward, it's really going to become a serious question about core technologies. Do I wait a little or do I maybe anticipate and buy the slightly more expensive now, knowing that the solution will be cheaper by the time I go to market or by the time my devices mature? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, some companies are, are pragmatists and they'll wait until they see everybody else using it because that's, that's okay for their business model. But an awful lot of companies are, are, are at least far thinking uh, enough to say that I've got to get into this right now. And we're seeing just an enormously wide assortment of large companies and small uh, designing with CAN right now. Excellent. So, Alex, I'd love to have and talk, you, talk to you longer, have you stay, uh, but we are running out of time. But I always give my audience, I mean my uh, interviewee, an opportunity for the last word. So what are your final thoughts for the audience before we close out the episode? Gan's going to crush silicon. <laughs> Succinct, and uh, actually I agree, depending upon the application space and some minor journalistic qualifications, I completely agree with you there. All right, Alex. Thanks so much. So, oh, please. Always a pleasure to have you on, and I'll drag you back again sometime uh, in the near future so as we get closer to those inflection points and we can talk a little bit more about them. So I really do All appreciate right. you being on the show today. All right. Thank you. And Oh, you're welcome. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.